TCU and Houston facing each other again. Uh, and we have a special guest today who will talk to us about some of those old Southwest Conference rivalry days, an amazing game in 1990, uh, his son's connection with the Frogs and more. Ted Party coming up next here on Locked on Horn Frogs. It's uh, your team every day. You are Locked on Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's right, your team every day. I'm Stephen Simcox. Uh, next to me is Ted Party. Ted is the uh, color analyst for the Houston Cougar radio broadcast. Um, you can hear that this Saturday. And when I was thinking about this football game, I actually I have to give some credit to Dave Wilson, the ESPN. He wrote a great story about a 1990 matchup between uh, Houston and TCU uh, that the Cougs won 56 to 35. Some incredible uh, passing stats were put up in that game. And I saw Ted tweeting about this, and it made me remember – you know, Ted played linebacker at Houston, uh, I believe, from 88 to 90. And then um, his son, Luke, is a quarterback for TCU. Uh, his father, Jack, was legendary coach for the Cougars and went on to co- coach the Oilers. So, Ted, when you saw this matchup that these two teams were facing each other again, um, obviously with Houston coming back to the Big 12, was that one that you just immediately circled? And I know your family is super excited about Saturday night. Uh, Steven, man, I, I got to tell you, it, it's one that um... – I didn't know if it would ever happen again, to be totally mm-hmm. honest with you. I, 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 for a long time, uh, Houston, we, uh, you know, like TCU early on, we all were excluded from once the Southwest Conference devol- dissolved. And, uh, you know, so happy that TCU was able to get back uh, uh, mm-hmm. into the, you know, into the Power Five. And, and Houston, you know, we knew we had to make a lot of changes. We needed to build um, a new stadium. We needed to do an indoor and, and you know, uh, you know, replace our basketball arena, all those things kind of added up and, and we've got great support. So getting, getting back is huge. Like yeah. I, I can't tell you how all the fans in Houston are so happy. And, you know, we've had some incredible games with against TCU through the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what I also love Stephen about, um, about football in the state of Texas is that everybody is really overlapped. If you really yeah. think about it, you know, so I think about, like Sonny, Sonny's dad, Spike Dykes, you know, right. coach, he was at Texas Tech when my dad was at Houston, you know, and they, mm-hmm. they were friends, right? So I love to see the, the next generation having uh, their own their own kind of matchups like that. You know, my dad played at Texas A&M. I played at Houston. You mm-hmm. know, I was able to beat A&M my senior year. All those little things kind of are the things that I love about, you know, Texas football, really. And so your son, Luke, is a quarterback at TCU, uh, got there when Gary Patterson was on staff and has stayed with the transition to Sonny Dykes. He played high school ball at Klein Kane. What was his uh, kind of recruiting journey like, Ted, and, and why did he end up choosing uh, to end up at TCU? Yeah, you know, Luke is, um, you know, he was first team all district. Uh, he was, uh, you know, through for 3,000 plus yards. He has a great high school coach that we we love to this day and James Clancy and Klein Kane was just an incredible experience. It was a brand new school. So he was in the first graduating class in 2020 that unfortunately they, they didn't walk, right? Because of COVID. So, yeah. uh, but his recruiting experience um, was, it was interesting because, uh, you know, Luke's a brainy guy. Like if you talk to if you talk to any of the coaches, they'll tell you Luke's, you know, he's very uh, intellectual guy. You know, he's, he's not your, uh, you know, he's not, he's not the party animal that, uh, that I might have been when I was in college. 
And I thank goodness, right? You know, uh, so, so Luke's a smart kid. He, um, he took a lot of AP courses when he was in high school. So he, he, uh, when he got to college, he had a full semester of, of college credit. Mm-hmm. Luke was recruited by the, by the Ivy leagues okay. and, uh, and by a lot of the, uh, schools up in the Northeast. Um, you know, he, he really liked Columbia. He really liked, uh, uh, Wash, uh, William and, uh, I'm sorry, Washington and Lee, okay. uh, WNL and, and, uh, that he had a, a handful of offers from those guys. Um, but you know, when he did his visits, he, you know, he would go up there and I'll never forget going to a WNL football game. And, you know, Luke played in front of a larger crowd at Klein every single week at, right. at, at Klein Kane. Uh, and, and Luke was just like, dad, I, I can't do this. I can't, mm-hmm. I, I, he's like, I love football. His passion for the game was so much that he was like, I really want to try to play division one football. And I said, well, you know, you just put it in the Lord's hands and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. And that spring, uh, of his junior year, or I'm sorry, it was, it was the fall of his, his senior year. Um, uh, you know, he got a, he got an opportunity to be a preferred walk-on, uh, at TCU and, you know, we were ecstatic. We were, I mean, that was like the perfect fit. You know, it's a, it's a, a great institution. He'll get mm-hmm. a great education. Um, he obviously he gets a great academic scholarship there. Um, and he gets to learn, you know, from great coaches. So we initially we thought, wow, to play for Gary Patterson and, and you know, uh, to experience uh, the offensive side of the ball with Doug Meacham and guys mm-hmm. like that was just incredible. And it seems like it just keeps getting better and better. Right. You know, uh, even though Coach P, you know, he, he's he's no longer the head coach. They go out and bring in Sonny Dykes, who is just yeah. an incredible guy. And and so for my son, he wants to kind of follow in my father's footsteps and he wants to get into yeah. coaching. So his goal has really been to educate himself and, and mm-hmm. become a student of the game. His brother, uh, as you can see the football in my background, his <laughs> brother's the receivers coach uh, for the Houston Roughnecks in the XFL and works mm-hmm. for Wade Phillips, you know, another great, you know, Texas football family. So, right. Uh, that Luke's journey was interesting and different, but, uh, we couldn't be happier. My mom, by the way, my mom is a TCU graduate as well. Oh, okay. Hey, we have a lot of TCU in our family. (laughs) The connections are there. Um, so last season, obviously incredible run, you know, they, they kind of blow expectations out of the water, make the national title game. Yeah. Was there a point where you talked with Luke um maybe that was going to be a special year because they you know they they won a lot of close games but they just kept they kept finding ways to get victories uh do you remember when you started to think like oh man they might they might actually make something special out of this from a winning losing standpoint well you know so luke's job is his scout team you know he he runs one of the scout team huddles they've got a couple different scout team huddles but he runs you know scout team and he and you know he takes a lot of pride in that he really because he thinks hey man I, it's my job to prepare the defense to get them ready. And every week he would tell me, gosh, dad, we're just, we're doing some awesome stuff on defense. You know, he'd get over into the quarterback meeting room and, and he'd sit there with Chandler and Max and the rest of the guys. And, and, you know, Garrett was an incredible uh, coach for Luke and, and is somebody I'm so glad that Luke had the opportunity to learn from. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you know, it's a, his version of the air raids a little bit different than what Meacham did. Right. So, right. you know, and, and, you know, Meach is still there. He's a great guy, too. Um, but I think that it was funny as the as the season evolved. They just kept finding ways to win, you know, and, and to me, the Baylor game is the one that just, you know, uh, just stands out as what an incredible game 
but even even the Oklahoma State game, I mean, what an incredible right. game that was. And and you know, Okie State, they were uh, they were a top ten team at that time, or top five team at that. Mm-hmm. They, they, I believe they were undefeated. So, but uh, you know, they they've just kept finding ways to win. And and I think what it shows you, what it really proved to me was how important great leadership at the quarterback position is. It really mm-hmm. shows you how important that is. And um, so glad that Chandler Morris is the is the starting QB. He's he's a great leader for uh, TCU now, and uh, couldn't be happier with you know what's going on. And and having Kendall Bryles there, you know Kendall coached my my older son at Houston. So okay. uh, my older son was a receiver under Kendall. So it's almost. Uh, you know, Kendall played. I remember I was uh, doing the broadcast back when Kendall was playing. <laughs> age. So uh, so I've known Kendall a long time and and he's, you know, his version, he's kind of out of the air raid family, kind of. But, you know, the Bryles system is different and they, they, mm-hmm. they changed it themselves. So, again, you know, I think that what we're seeing is the evolution of football is changing. And, and uh, I'm glad that my son, Luke, has an opportunity to be at TCU, to be at the front end, front, you know, at the leading edge of it. You mentioned earlier that relationship between uh, Sonny's dad, Spike, and, and your father, Jack Pardee. Uh, how much, how well did you know Sonny before he took the job? And I guess what have your kind of interactions been with him over the past few years? Well, it's funny. We, we kind of had uh, interestingly parallel lives. Um, so when, when Spike was coaching uh, high school out in Midland, Texas, hmm. my dad had just finished up being the defensive coordinator at the San Diego Chargers. And uh, dad decided to kind of take a break from football. Uh, he'd kind of been burned out. He'd been fired from the Redskins and spent, we spent a year out in San Diego. And, and uh, he was like, you know, I, I want to be a head coach again. And there weren't any, any callers after that season. So, uh, so he took a break and got into the oil business of all things. So we moved from San Diego to, to uh, Midland, Texas, a little okay. culture shock for me as a kid. <laughs> um, but Sonny was uh, living in town as well. I mean, that he was a kid, he and I are, basically the same age. And I think I'm a couple of years older than Sonny, but, but we, um, you know, his dad was the coach over at Midland Lee high school at the time. And Lee was, you know, six blocks from my junior high where I was going to school. And, and uh, so I remember uh, meeting his dad when I was in, in high school, my dad would, you know, my dad was friendly with all those guys and, and, you know, their relationship was one that kind of evolved through the Southwest conference days when they coached mm-hmm. against each other you know, always so much respect for Spike Dykes, an incredible coach, a great, you know, a great leader of men. And if you go back and look at some of those, those games that we played against Texas Tech, and I say we Houston, Mm -hmm. uh, that we played, man, we had some big, I mean, kind of like with TCU, those games were explosive, high scoring games. Uh, There's a big Thursday night ESPN game at one time where we had to kind of come from behind to get a win up at Tech. But uh, I love those, those old relationships, you know, Mm-hmm. One one story Sonny told during the playoff last year was coming home from like high school football games and it would be late Friday night and Spike would be like drinking with the opposing like the opposing coach. <laughs> right. The next day. Do you have do you have similar stories about, you know, your, your father, Jack? Like, I guess those relationships were just really intertwined then and there was more kind of was there more of a, a friendship between those guys back in the day? Well, because everybody kind of overlapped, right? If yeah. you think about football, and, and it really is kind of the same way. Look at like a guy like Kendall. Kendall has coached at Baylor. He's coached at Houston, and he's coached at TCU. He's coached at Arkansas. So, you know, when I think about that, all those schools I just mentioned were in the Southwest Conference. We were all in the same conference together. And and so there was a lot of that in, in college football back then. There was a lot of overlap of guys that, that knew each other. 
Texas Tech right now had one of my teammates that played at Houston with me is on their staff. You know, so there's a there's a lot of overlap. So the friendships that that uh, Sonny was talking about where, you know, his dad might might go have a drink with, uh, you know, with with one of the other coaches. That's that's how they these guys were. There there was no animosity. Um, I mean, there there might have been am- amongst a couple of the coaches. I will say that there <laughs> yeah. was there was definitely a couple. Uh, but guys like Spike Dykes, he was the best. I mean, he was such a respected guy and and uh, just a gentleman and a, and a great coach too. By the way, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk to Ted about uh, a crazy game between these two teams back in 1990 and some more Southwest Conference memories. And then we'll also preview uh, the Cougs and the Frogs. They're going to play on Saturday as well. And so we'll talk about the current matchup as well. This is Locked On Horn Frogs. I do want to quickly tell our listeners about LinkedIn. We'll get back to Ted. Uh, LinkedIn.com, if you need to find people to hire, you know, these days it can feel like a high stakes thing. Am I going to find the right culture fit? Am I going to find talented people? Go to LinkedIn Jobs and make it easy for you. Um, You can post your job for free. You can use their hashtag hiring frame. Uh, to make it look good and make your job posting attractive to people that need uh, need work or just looking for something different. They have simple screening questions that make it easy for you to prioritize the right people to talk to. You don't have to wade through hundreds of resumes and applications. Find the people you need. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions, as always, they do apply. So we're back here with uh, with Ted Party and his son Luke, uh, is quarterback at TCU. He played at U of H. He has deep ties to both these schools. And so I, I came across a story yesterday. Dave Wilson wrote it in, on ESPN.com about a game in 1990. Cougars beat uh, the Frogs 56 <laughs> to 35. Uh, Matt Volger, TCU quarterback, had 690 yards passing. David Klingler yeah. had an outstanding game as well, over 500 yards throwing the ball around. Um, Ted, what was that like? I mean, I hope this doesn't bring bad memories because I know you were a linebacker in that football game. Y'all, y'all won the game, but yeah. uh, what do you remember about that about that ball game specifically? Well, it was um, it was the year after my dad was had had just left and gone to the NFL, so he okay. was coaching the Houston Oilers. John Jenkins was our coach, and he was very much an offensive guru. You know, mm-hmm. um, he was definitely not afraid to throw at every play if we had to. So that puts a lot of pressure on your defense. And yeah. our defensive coordinator was Larry Coyer. Larry Coyer came from more, I would say, stable or traditional uh, programs. So he had been at UCLA and then Iowa prior to coming to Houston. So he wasn't quite used to all the throwing the ball around. And, <laughs> and uh, he wasn't too fond of it either. He, he only lasted one year as the D coordinator there. He ended up having a great career in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Coach Coyer, he recently passed away, but he he was a great coach. But I think what the, that game showed the fans was what football could be. Mm-hmm. That was unheard of back then to, yeah. to have a quarterback throw for 690 yards and lose the game. That's absolutely unheard of. Uh, and then the winning quarterback throwing for 563. It just it just didn't happen. You, you might have two quarterbacks that throw for 563 and then that would be considered a, a big game. Mm-hmm. But back in those days. Um, so when I played in college, every Southwest conference team was running a version of the triple option. That's how it used to be kind of like what you see at at Navy and, and, uh, army. So Mm -hmm. everybody had their version. Houston had the veer, um, you know, uh, uh, obviously the wishbone was at Texas and, and A&M ran the wishbone a little bit as well. Emory, Emory Ballard kind of made that famous. 
Um, and, you know, even Tech was, Texas Tech was running a version of it, and, and TCU would run a, a fair amount of, uh, of Veer and when Jim Wacker, Jim Wacker was the coach. But what Houston did, what, what we did, was we, we changed the game when we installed the run and shoot offense. <clears throat> and that, that really, it, it put pressure on defenses. Um, and, and defenses realize that you can't, you know, if you have to cover the whole field and you have a quarterback that can make the connection, um, boy, you can, you can light up the scoreboard. And that's yeah. what we did when I played. And, and, um, you know, my, our quarterbacks were, uh, Andre Ware, who won the Heisman my junior year. And then David Klingler, who was, you know, great quarterback <laughs> my senior year. And my, um, both of those guys are, are great friends, but, but when TCU did that, it was, it was sort of the wake up call that. If, we, if Houston can do it, then anybody can do it. Okay. And I think that was kind of the beginning. And, and you, you see feedback from uh, the, the sort of the, you know, s- the six degrees of separation from that game. Well, you know, Mike Leach, is, as you saw in Dave Wilson's article, you know, Mike Leach was watching that game mm-hmm. and, and uh, Hal Mummy. And, and they, were, they were perfecting the air raid offense. And their little receiver was Dana Holgerson, who was catching yes. all those passes for, for those guys up at Iowa Wesleyan. And, and so then you look, you know, and you see Sonny Dykes, who was a baseball player up at Texas Tech, and, and he was, you know, paying attention to it and, and called his dad to talk about it after the, you know, after it happened. And so you, you can see that, like, it was, it was one of those unbelievable games. And really, you know, hats off to Matt Vogler. I mean, what an incredible game he had. We couldn't mm-hmm. stop him on defense. I mean, we literally could not stop him. I think he had two or three passes over 80 yards. I'd have to look at this at the stats again, but like we, you know, we tried to play a, a high pressure defense at, mm-hmm. at Houston and, uh, and, and we paid the price, <laughs> we paid the price in yards. That's for sure. Well, and Vogler said after the game that he, uh, he had an IV in, and they were yeah. on the plane and, you know, it, it was obviously really draining for them. And, and Klingler had this great quote where he's like, we could have played them in a double header. So uh, you talked about the pressure that that offense put on the defense, but did you feel like you guys were just in better condition because of the way that the, the coaching staff pushed you so hard. And because that offense was just constantly going. So it's, it's not different from what you see today where, um, you know, today quarterbacks in college, you gotta be, you gotta, you kind of gotta put them on a pitch count. You gotta pay attention. How many throws is Chandler getting every week in practice? How many throws, you know, is Donovan Smith, Houston's quarterback. How many is he doing in practice each week? Cause you don't want him to walk into the, into the Saturday game with a dead arm. But you also have to meet that minimum threshold. If if you're gonna if you're gonna do, you know, if you're gonna throw, um, you know, gosh, if you're gonna throw for 500 yards, you know, you gotta and you know the completion percentage is gonna be maybe low at 58 percent or 56 percent, just assuming a bad completion percentage. You know, you're gonna have to throw a lot of balls. So the quarterbacks have to be in condition. And and what who what are they doing? They're throwing the guys that are running sprints. So for the receivers. It was like, hey, we're running sprints all day during practice, mm-hmm. but there was no other way to get prepared to run that offense. And so Houston had the advantage because that's all they did was put up those kind of numbers every week. And I think for TCU, it was new. It was a new thing. And so right. for them, it was like, whoa, you know, how, how do we sustain this? Because you actually have to practice that way in order to prepare for it. So that's where like the the details in the, in the context mm-hmm. of the two comments, I could totally understand, you know, Matt needing to, you know, do a cold tub or get an IV or whatever. That makes perfect sense. Uh, and boy, thank goodness it was in the Astrodome at 68 degrees. Yeah. If it had been outside, boy, we've all, I mean, I think it's a huge advantage that TCU has and that Houston has playing outdoor games now. 
so John Jenkins sounds like a, quite the character. Just, <laughs> just hearing stories about him. And you know, Gag Oilers and head coach. Um, playing for um, and just kind of the the unique nature of who he was as a person. Coach Jenkins, he's uh, he's he's a he's one of the best. He's a you know, so I've known him since I was uh, you know a freshman in high school. Uh, he worked for my father and uh, at two you know played uh, for the Houston Gamblers. Uh, he he worked there and then he worked with my dad at Houston. Um, you know, he's just a uh, a lot of a lot of coaches were like. John back in the old days, very paranoid about the offense, okay. very paranoid about, but you even like, if you pay like you hear these funny stories about when Mike Leach was a, uh, you know, when he was a grad assistant and he left a, or, you know, it's, or one of the grad assistants oh, on Leach's yeah. team uh, left a fake play card on the sideline and walked through the day right. before in Texas. It was Tom Herman was a graduate mm-hmm. assistant. He picked it up. And then, you know, the first five plays, they like, like they thought that they had Texas Tech's mm-hmm. uh, scheme. And, and you know, that, that's that's a part of the folklore of, of football. Right. I mean, that's mm-hmm. especially in the state of Texas. So Jinx is, is just like that. Uh, and, and he's he, you know, there are a lot of secrets uh, uh, that that are kept about the run and shoot. And, and really, there's there's really not a lot of uh, people have the knowledge of the run and shoot. Uh, you know, it's funny, Klingler said, you know, he and Andre and, and Jimmy, his, his little brother, you know, they know it. And he's like, but nobody else knows it. And, you know, there's a couple of others of us that know it as well. And and my son, actually, Wade Phillips, runs the run and shoot, a version of the run and shoot okay. in the XFL. Uh, but also, don't forget, June Jones is out there. And June mm-hmm. works for my father as well, uh, the former Hawaii coach. June, uh, June also knows the run and shoot very well. So there's there's a few people out there that know it, but, um, you know, football is <clears throat> football will always evolve. Um, but those core tenants, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the, the route concepts that you see, um, that, uh, the air raid guys do and that the Braille system guys do, you can trace a lot of that back to the run and shoot and the spread. We'll take one more break. When we come back, we'll ask Ted about the current game that's going to happen on Saturday and just this Houston team early on in the season. It's locked on home for us. All right, big NFL weekend coming up. Uh, you need to download the FanDuel app if you have not done so. I'm recording this on Thursday. We're going to have Vikings-Eagles on Thursday, but then you're listening to it on Friday. We'll have a lot of games on Sunday. Um, new customers, you can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed if you put five a $5 bet down. And the way you do that is you go to FanDuel.com slash college, And that's FanDuel.com slash college. You can also get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. Uh, we appreciate FanDuel. They are a proud sponsor of the Locked On Network, an official betting partner of the National Football League. So we talked a little bit about Donovan Smith earlier, and, uh, yeah, he comes over from Texas Tech, really experienced player. Um, you know, he can run the ball. He can throw the ball. Uh, what are your early impressions of, of Donovan Ted as he is kind of taking over Dana Holgerson's uh, offense this season? Well, first off, he's a he, he's an incredible leader, and he's um, he's the kind of guy he's in, I, the best way to describe him is is he's unflappable. Like you can't mm-hmm. shake the guy. Um, my first experience with Donovan Smith was when Houston played Texas Tech last year up at Texas Tech, 
uh, non-conference game, obviously. Uh, we took that game into triple overtime. Houston was um, was in the lead. It went back and forth. Um, Houston, uh, in the third overtime, had Texas Tech pinned in their deep in their own territory. It was third and 21. And then it was fourth and 21. So all Houston has to do is hold on fourth and 21, and they beat Texas Tech last year. And Donovan Smith drops back for pass and completes a 21-yard pass across the middle that breaks loose. And then two plays later, uh, uh, Texas Tech wins the game. That was the that was how it went down. So my first experience with Donovan Smith was uh, disappointing to say the least. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, fourth and twenty-one. I'll never. I, I, never <laughs> I hope I never see it again. But um, no, so he's he's tough. I mean, in pressure situations, he can, he comes through. So <clears throat> I think what the Cougs need to do, Houston needs to they need to put him in a position where he's confident. Um, they need to let him run the ball. Uh, he's a, he's a big body. He's six, five, two forty, Um, and he's a pretty good runner. So mm -hmm. they need to really try to, uh, what, what, if I'm Houston and I'm trying to play against, uh, an explosive TCU team, I'm trying to play keep away. Don't give them the ball, like grind the clock out, you know, try to, try to use the new, the new rules where, you know, the, the clock continues on first down and all those little things. So we've seen a dramatic drop off in, uh, in plays per game. We've seen right. a dramatic drop off in drives per game. Like I, you know, Houston, we, we had, I saw four uh, offensive drives for rice and four offensive drives for Houston last week in the first half of a game. Mm -hmm. That's, that's unbelievable. So, so football, because of that rule change, I think, I think the coaches are trying to get their arms around it and figure it out. And, and Donovan Smith, you know, to me, he runs the ball. Uh, he'll be the leading rusher this week for Houston. There's no doubt. Okay. Uh, it, the Rice game. So I know that's a rivalry game, battle for the Bayou series that, that Houston has dominated. Uh, they get behind early in that ball game last week, and then they, they rally back, just fall in overtime. Uh, JT Daniels has crisscrossed the country as a as wow. QB, and I mean he's he's got a lot of talent. But what did you see defensively from uh, the Cougs early in that game that that allowed them to struggle? Other than the fact that Rice obviously has some guys that can make plays. Well, so Houston, their their run defense is is pretty strong. This was a tale of two games. So mm -hmm. first half, it was twenty eight nothing at halftime. Rice Rice jumped up fast, and and Houston really couldn't stop them. But it was the passing game that was so impressive from Rice. And you're right, J T. Daniel is the reason why they were so successful. He's he's a great quarterback. Let's not forget he was the number one recruit coming out of modern day. He yeah. threw for twelve thousand yards in high school. Like mm -hmm. this guy was a freak. Um, you know, at USC, and then he gets hurt and he gets beat out. And then he, you know, then he goes to Georgia and then he goes to West Virginia, West Virginia. So he bounced around a lot. I don't know how he ended up at Rice, quite frankly. I, I, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm impressed that Rice was able to get him. Um, he's a super talent and uh, he's the difference maker. You know, again, it's all about quarterback. And, and I hate to put it on one person, but you've got to have that. I mean, we saw it with Max Duggan last year. You know, I mean, yeah. Max is an incredible uh, just gritty football player. That's yeah. I mean, what else can you say, you know, and, and um, he, he helped the team will to win. He willed the team to win. So I think, you know, JT Daniel is that guy. You never want to say that rice, you know, like if you remember the South <laughs> conference stage, poor rice used to get pounded by everybody. Right. And, uh, but you know, uh, Houston really let that one slip through their hands because they did come back 
Uh, they helped, they pitched a shutout in the second half, so the defense got control of the passing game, which was good. Uh, they, they did fine uh, stopping the rush. They got a bunch of stops. Um, Houston struggled offensively to get there. You know, they're still trying to figure out their identity on offense. Uh, they brought it back uh, with, you know, less than a minute to go, tying the ball game. It went into OT, and, uh, you know, Houston threw a jump ball in the corner, a 50-50 ball on the second overtime as their uh, two-point conversion play, and it got batted down. So, you know, just a kind of a tough one, you know, real tough yeah. loss for Houston. Well, before we go, final thing I'll ask you, I mean, can you just describe, and you talked about the journey for Houston to get back to th this place where they're playing power football again, they're in the Big 12, they're in a conference where there's some regional rivals, you know, that uh, should make for some fun football games. On primetime, on, on Fox in primetime, what's it going to be like, you know, the atmosphere just for people that have, have followed that team for uh, a while on this journey now that they're kind of back at the table again? It's it's going to be incredible, um, you know, not not dissimilar from what it was like when TCU got into the Big 12. And, yeah. um, you know, TCU is a great football team when they did get in there. So they were immediately competitive. I, I think Houston, um, you know, Coach Holgerson's doing a great job. He's got a tough, tough road. He's got a bunch of transfers this year and he's trying to get them to all work together and be cohesive. Um, it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight. But, you know, again, I think we've seen that you know in the new world of the transfer portal, things are different today. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, the fans are going to be fired up. Um, it'll be, I, I would say, if Houston hadn't lost to Rice, it would have been a sellout already. I know they were down to like 5,000 tickets or something. So yeah. uh, there will be a lot of TCU fans there, which will be exciting. Uh, and uh, uh, the best part about it is I'm going to see my son route, run out onto that field wearing <laughs> purple, number, number 13. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, keep an eye out for Luke, number thirteen, quarterback there for TCU, uh, and I guess he's been has he been playing the Donovan Wilson or the Donovan Smith role this week in, in scouting? Yes. <laughs> yes, he's been Donovan Smith all week. So he said he's uh, he's been he's been running the ball a little more than he's used to. He was a thrower in high school. He did run yeah. a little bit in high school, but uh, not as much as Donovan's going to run this week. Right. Uh, you can catch Ted on the Houston Cougar Radio broadcast. Are y'all on seven ninety a.m. We are. That? We are okay, KPRC 790 AM. Yep. 790 uh, locally there in Houston. And then you can download the varsity app and uh, tune into it there. Ted will be on the broadcast and Hey, thank you so much. We appreciate you, Ted. And I know this game means a lot for your family. So congratulations yeah. to y'all. And I hope it's fun Saturday night. Thank you so much, Stephen. All right. This is locked on horn frogs. It's your team every day.